Watch the headbutts and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Size Boxing Podcast. No, uh, ready to go. Okay, yeah, we're ready whenever. All right, cool. And the return of the B-sides. Uh, yeah, we've been trying to negotiate a better contract, but it's just not fucking working because we're not that big of a name. It's all right, though. Uh, joined today, I'm Leo. I have RG with me. Now, since we last convened, that was on uh, June 16th. So... First things first, Regis Progray and hit that uh, uninspiring performance against uh, the unlettered Danielito Soria, who was ranked 20th in the WBC. Um, you wanna you wanna go in on uh, Regis, or are we gonna give him a little bit of a pass for this? No, I mean that was just a disaster, like all 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 around for everybody. For Regis, for the promoters, city of New Orleans, just everybody. <laughs> everybody lost. Uh somebody in Discord was saying that the tickets were like the prices were like rock bottom and they still weren't selling shit. Is really that's just what you know, that's just like third hand account I guess, but it's like a pretty big venue they were in and they only had the lower bowl and they like closed off like one half, like yeah. the half that's like the camera's facing. It's like most off, basically. Yeah, but yeah, uh, definitely not good. Um, just in any way. I mean, I have no idea what the gate was. Probably like four hundred dollars. Like it, it had to be like seriously <laughs> really bad. It was probably like five figures. Seriously, like low five figures, like twenty k or something maybe. Yeah, it could not be good. It's not. It's not possible with what was visible from the camera angles. And it's just like, dude, why are you ever doing fights in Louisiana? They do not give a fuck about boxing in Louisiana. Like, it's just a, it's, I mean, prove uh, me wrong. The, ti- <laughs> the Tigers. In Louisiana, in Louisiana, nobody showed up. The, the Tigers, yeah, they like the football. Saints. Um, they like football, basketball. They got the Pelicans. Yeah. That, that's the type of shit they're into, football and basketball. They do not give two fucks about boxing. But yeah. that's just like what Matchroom does. They try and do that, like, hometown shit. Like, a home, you know, homecoming. It's like, yeah, that doesn't exist. Like, people are not just going to hear, oh, this guy's from New Orleans. Let me buy a boxing ticket. Even though I haven't watched boxing once in the last 25 years. Like, it's not going to happen. I, I paid for I Pacquiao Mayweather, and that's it. Yeah, like, that's, I don't know. It's just so delusional. It's just, like, it's crazy this fight happened. <laughs> and the fact he looked like shit and could have arguably lost is just, like, That knockdown that was not called in the first round, that's one of the notes that I have here, is that that was absolutely a knockdown. I think even Progress said it himself in, like, the little post-fight uh, chat. That was, like, oh, that, that was probably a knockdown. I'm lucky that it wasn't called. <laughs> Goodness. Not a whole lot other like other than that knockdown. It was yeah, it was pretty uneventful, pretty fucking boring. Um, progress is supposed like to be the how, big puncher, but how fraudulent is like the 140 pound division? <laughs> it's like the two guys that everyone said were number one and number two for the past like four years or five years. Josh Taylor and Regis Progress both should get completely exposed like a week apart, or a couple weeks apart. Yeah. yeah. Like at this point, like I think most people would probably favor Tiafimo to be Progress. 
based on the last two performances. Yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody is like career 140. It's like, wow, that's says a lot about you. The yeah, it's one of the stopovers. Like, you're coming up from featherweight, that's one of like the major stopping points. 130, eh, 135, yes, definitely. 140, like, it's kind of like your warm up before you get to 147. Yeah, it's just like that's why it was so crazy when people were like. Josh Taylor's like top five pound for pound at one point when he was undisputed or like people put in away number one pound for pound. It was like, dude, these guys are literally fighting in like training wheels divisions. Like look at look at what's going on. Most of these guys have not only do they not like have boxing like skill, they don't even have like athletic talent most of the time. Like most of these guys. Like it's really fucking shit. I'm not talking about Taylor and program. They both have some talent. But a lot of the guys they fight, I mean guys right, like right. like name me some program opponents, like, you know, Kirill Relic, complete fucking shitter. Terry Flanagan, complete shitter. Oh uh, my god, Terry I mean, Flanagan. Like, just horrible fight. What, what's that one dude Taylor fought? Baranchik? I mean, Isaac Baranchik. Just a complete fucking meathead. Like, no no skill whatsoever. Like, these guys are just the lowest level fighters you can find, basically. Yeah, Baranchik. And they'll be went... like top 10 in the weight class. <laughs> yeah, Baranchik went life and death with Zapata, which was pretty yeah, wild. Yeah. Baranchik was a champion, right? I think I... that was a unification with Taylor. Yes, I think so. Maybe he wasn't, though. I can't remember. If he was champion, he definitely won, like, a vacant title or some shit. Hmm. That was really the only thing that I... I when I checked out the card on replay, um, I didn't really watch anything else, so... Uh, but on the same day, we had Tim Zhu comes back for a KO1 over Carlos Ocampo. Um... Not to try trying to not take away too much from Tim Zoo on this one. Um, it's trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, stopping Carlos Ocampo in one. Like they're really trying to draw the parallel with Fundora, who went the distance, and then Errol Spence, who stopped him, I think, in like round six or something. And yeah, they're, they're really trying to play up the he did it faster than Spence did. But yeah, Carlos Ocampo, that's not really... No, didn't Spence, Spence also knocked him out in the first round, right? I don't think so. I think he did. I'm pretty sure he, dropped, I'm pretty sure he stopped him with a body shot in the first round. What? So I was going to say, is that just Ocampo's gimmick? He just gets knocked out in the first round. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see that's... here. Errol Spence. Ocampo. Oh my god, it was in the first round. I suck. It was a pretty competitive round, is what was funny. But then Spence just, like, tagged him to the liver with, like, three seconds to go, and he did not get up. Oh, man. I thought that was at the uh, practice arena, the Cowboys practice arena. Doesn't matter. Uh, Carlos Ocampo, like, this isn't... Why they're trying to make this into something... Um, I don't know. I guess the Australians need something to hang their hat on. But, uh, yeah, Carlos Ocampo ain't it. <clears throat> mm. I guess I guess Ocampo will just go back and have, like, 20 more fights in Mexico, and he'll show up again. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty much what happened after Spence. He just had, like, 20 fights in a row in Mexico and, like, won them all and came back. Now he's got knocked out in the first round again, so he should be uh, fired up. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the conversation is like in the Ocampo gym, you know? Uh, like you had all these fights, you know, and you worked on all this stuff, and you just slept on the first again. It's like what? Like what are you talking about? I'm just curious. 
Um, let me see here. I'm trying to see when he. So he lost to Spence, and yeah, he had a shit. 2018 mid, mid year, yeah. And he had yeah, he had a shitload of fights in Mexico. Like so that's, that's a lot. He fought Fedora. That's what people were talking about. He won like 20 fights in a row in Mexico since he lost to Spence. Hmm. He he had one in Canada and then one in California before he got a uh, decision by Fandora. Wow, that's <laughs> not sure that that would be the uh, like the my crowning achievement would be. I don't think it would be Carlos Acampo, but I mean Tim Zhu doesn't really have a whole lot He's going on. Yeah, still Tony Harrison for sure. The... Gachet's a decent win, but I'll probably put Harrison above Gachet. Um, all right, so let's get in. Let's uh, break that off into a news piece. So now, so Tim Zhu, he's the interim WBO, but Jermel, the undisputed 154, he's going to be fighting Canelo. Right, like in a yeah. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. It's, and I think you have a name on that. It's the pretty obvious move there, isn't it? I don't know if he's ranked though. I don't know if he's if he has a ranking in any in any of the belts. That would, you know they can make it for a vacant between Zoe and him. But I think him and Erickson Lubin is like a pretty pretty natural fight. I think Lubin is ranked with WBO. I think his recent one, uh, Luis Arias, was a WBO. Yes, yeah, so they could do him and Zoe for WBO maybe. I, I think that's a pretty natural fight, though. Yeah, it would, that would be good. kind of left hanging. Like, it's not really clear what Zoo is supposed to do at this point. Yeah, like they, that the Canelo situation really pulled the rug out from under him because, like, obviously yeah, just... he's jockeying for Charlo, right? And then, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he was as shocked as everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it was just very out of nowhere. You know, it's like, oh. I'm sure Jamel was pretty shocked too. He's like, "Fuck that Australian kid." He's like, they, <laughs> "They want me to fight Canelo." Okay, yeah, let's do it. Yep, I, I will. Whatever. Fuck these belts. Let's go make this Canelo yeah, I, money. I do, he'll definitely get stripped of it, stripped of at least like a couple of them. There's IBF. no way all for it. Yeah, IBF. Yeah, IBF is gone. Probably the WBO. Yeah, WBC always WBC plays well with Canelo, so they might let him keep it. Hmm. But yeah, that. But no, I mean, I mean Charlo. I think Canelo's. Yeah, keep I know, I know. But Charlo's gonna be strict. Yeah, yeah. Charlo. Canelo, he'll keep off. <laughs> Even if he like, oh, he's gonna fight at one sixty point one. Oh, that's technically super middleweight though. So they're, they're just like, what is a mandatory? There's like, you know, they just don't say the word mandatory on Canelo. There's, oh, you want to fight Jamel? Awesome idea, dude. Let's do yeah. this. Great one. Great. We were just thinking that. We were about to call him as the mandatory. Let's call him as the mandatory. <laughs> WBO did make plant the mandatory. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think that fight is like really fascinating. Honestly, it's the most excited I've been for a Canelo fight. And to be honest with you, since Golovkin too. Yeah. Because basically, because he's had some other fights like, you know, he had, um, he had Kovalev. It was, I don't know. It was still kind of like, I mean, this is just not the Kovalev. <laughs> yeah, that was not good that, Kovalev at all. It's still a little bit sus. Like, there was still a little bit of a question mark, but it felt like it was, it was kind of a natural reason to make that fight, like, just logically. The age and the damage and all that. And then there's Bavol, but I personally never, I always kind of thought Bavol would win that fight. I didn't think it would be super fascinating because Bavol is not really a very fascinating fighter a lot of the times. But, dude, this fight is just so, I don't know. 
there's a lot of a lot of question marks for sure. I mean, Canelo's the favorite. Don't get me wrong; he'll be a pretty heavy favorite probably. But it's definitely not a natural. I feel like his last like eight fights have had pretty natural conclusions. You know, uh, I'm not really sure what the natural conclusion here is. Let's see. So after Golovkin too was Fielding, Jacobs, Kovalev, Callum Smith, Avni Yildrim, Saunders, Plant. Uh, Bivol, Golovkin 3, and John Ryder. So, yeah, there's definitely not a whole lot of excitement going on there. They they were... This is like... Oh, sorry. I, I don't know if they're assumptions or, like, foregone conclusions, but, you know, it's like 99% kind of thing. Lightning in a bottle if they spark Canelo out, who is not known to be knockoutable. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the, I mean, I know a lot of people were surprised by like the bowl. Like most people, I mean, you can just see in the betting odds, most people did not expect the bowl to win that fight, really even have a good chance to. But I think if like you had watched them both before, it was pretty clear that like this is going to be a close decision, and like we'll just see what happens. You know, we'll see if the gets it or not. Like I feel like that was always pretty clear, whether or not you were outright saying the would win. I think that was, like, I mean, if you thought Canelo was going to knock him the fuck out, then yeah, may- maybe that was like a really big shock to you. So, unless if unless you thought that, I think this is one of the more fascinating fights he's had in a really long time. Uh, I rode for Canelo on the memes mostly. But, you know, it's one of those, like, uh, I'm not entirely certain about this, but, like, I'm gonna, I'm going down with the ship. But, yeah, this, but this, this Charlo situation, um, yeah, a lot of, um... I think it's, I just think it's funny that, like, how people, it's like, I understand, because it looks bad on paper, like, the 154 champion is coming to, like, 168, but it's kind of like, I mean, dude, have you ever, like, watched, Can have you ever seen Canelo Alvarez? Like, this is not a big human being. This is not like a guy who's like pulling up midgets. Like, if you were cool with it, if you didn't have a weight issue with Jamal, I mean, Jamel's his fucking identical twin. It was the exact same dimensions. So, Jamel just like the cuts fact that more. he cuts. Yeah, the fact that he cuts six more pounds does not change the fact that he's the exact same size as Jamal. Right. And he's going to be bigger than Canelo. Like that's just obvious. Like you can go on box check right now. He's he's just bigger. I think well, he's like six one or six two. It's yeah, I think he's yeah something something like that, like six foot maybe. He's fucking what's Canelo? Huge. Five eight, five nine. Oh, I think five, Canelo's listed as like five nine. Five like nine with five his nine. uh with his lifted boots on, but his boxes hair. Yeah, he's definitely not that tall. Uh, he's a really stocky dude, so he's I guess he has that going for him as far as size is concerned, but. No. Like, I think with Canelo, it's it's the weight thing, like the 168, like the reason he's so in on 168. I think he's just like, dude, this is like pretty much exactly what I walk around at. So like, I just in my camp don't have to like, I don't have to fat camp at all. You know what I mean? There's no need to weight cut. There's no need to get in a sauna. There's no need for any of that shit. There's no need to wear a sweatsuit. Like yeah. 168. This, this... Like, it's not like he's fucking, he, it's not like he looks like, you know. Massive, like he. I mean, he's a pretty stocky dude, but I mean, he just pretty much looks like Canelo. And I think he was basically like, nobody has the position to really argue with me, so we're all gonna fight at 168 unless I say otherwise. Everybody's like, okay. Yeah, uh, Beeble said the same thing, like about 75. That's why he stays there. So, like, eh, this shit's easy. I don't have to really cut anything. I just get in shape, and that's it. But so, like, when the prospect of going down to 68 for the the Canelo rematch, he's like, well. That's not going to be difficult for me. So, 
But yeah, Canelo's definitely got. It seems like that's dead. It seems like he's never fighting Paul again. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in his team has some fucking common sense. It's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you can fight him ten times. I'm not sure if you're gonna win. Like, let's let's go make some money. Yeah, I I understand the the Mexican pride and machismo and all that, but like, you need to put that shit away. Uh, all right. Also, let's... it's like, I mean, do you do you think Jamel has? Do you think he's complaining about the fact? He, that he doesn't have to cut weight at all. I guarantee you he walks around like the same. He just actually has to cut weight. I, no, oh, no, absolutely not. He's, like, gonna enjoy he's, this. Like, I bet he's ecstatic. He's like, dude, I can just fucking go in there and do my regular. I don't have to, you know, not could like even intense cardio or nothing. He could put on some extra yeah, muscle I'll, if he wanted to. It'll be interesting. Uh, let's move on to some other recaps on the 24th. Um, quite a bit of stuff, but one quick note. Tevin Farmer, UD over Avery Sparrow. Avery Sparrow, the guy that was going to fight. Um, Ryan Garcia, before the U.S. Marshals, took him in for some uh, gun charges. <clears throat> um, let's see. MSG. Edgar Berlanga goes 12 with Quigley. And Kusumano stops Konaki. I think this is what the fourth loss in a row for two Kanaki. Two just like very sad. Yeah, two just very sad results on on all angles. Two just very pathetic sad results. I mean, it's like how can you like immediately murder your New York audience? Like they figured it out. Yeah, Kusumano. I guess he he did all right. Like as far as you know, like the tubs of at heavyweight go, but like Konaki's yeah, I mean, not exactly like, great. I literally the only thing I remember about Kusumano is when. He fought Dubois on the undercard of some, like, it was Jake Paul or KSI, some influencer thing, right? And, uh, like, the Barstool guys were like, yeah, J- Joe Cusimano, he sounds like a tough guy. Like, we're going to go all in on him. Because he was, like, fucking 10 to 1, right? And he just got blasted in the first round. That's the only thing I remember about Joe Cusimano. So the fact that Kanazi managed to, managed to lose to this guy, wow. Just, just really, really crazy shit. This dude definitely needs a career change like that. It's getting stopped is crazy. Like if he would have lost the decision again, that's pretty sad. But getting stopped is, is some wild shit, dude. I think he did mention that he's uh, going to hang it up. I mean, he has to, right? Yeah, and after for Berlanga, this. it's like, dude, you should be right behind him. <laughs> both, of, both of y'all need to go in that locker room and never walk in it again. Because both of y'all don't know how to fucking box. Berlanga. Like, if this is New York boxing, hang it up, dude. It's over. Berlanga, I think like he's come out. He's not playing that, like, I want Canelo type of angle that they were trying to set up before this. Afterwards, they're like, uh, maybe we'll temper our expectations and look at uh, Jaime Munguia. You know, something a little bit more within our reach. The thing is, though, like, the whole thing about him going to match room is they were obviously chasing Canelo. Right. You know, they were just, like, trying to cash out. Like, maybe, you know, Canelo would choose him as, like, a warm-up. But now Canelo signed, you know, a three-fight deal with PBC, so it's like... I mean, do either, like, I don't know who benefit. I feel like Berlanga doesn't really benefit from being with Matchroom, other than the fact he'll get paychecks for, like, really shitty opponents. And I feel like Matchroom doesn't benefit at all from having Berlanga. Like, really. If they don't have Canelo to feed to him. Right. Like, unless they're going to have him fight, like, some British guys. Like, I I don't know. Um, Diego Pacheco? Maybe? (laughs) Right, like, I guess they get, or maybe they do something with Golden Boy, but it doesn't seem like Golden Boy and uh, Matchroom are going to work together. Too nice. Right, so, yeah, Berlinga gets the UD over Quigley, uh, uninspiring performance. Berlinga said so himself, but it was pretty shitty. Yeah, uh, but it's like, dude, I mean, Berlinga, it's like number five. Like, I, 
every fight it's like sorry guys i just had an off night it's like dude i think this is just who you are like, i think this is the level you're at like i think this is just the guy that you are like you were sold as a puncher and that's just not really true yeah if you can't crush a can then you're not gonna do anything so, I mean, Quigley, just for context, got fucking obliterated in, like, two rounds by Andrade. Like, Andrade dog-walked his ass. Just for context. He did, didn't he? Dude, he marked him. He was just, like, all them weird-ass, like, hooks and shit Andrade said. Dude, he was landing them things flush on Quigley. That was, ass on Quigley. Yeah, that was two rounds. Holy shit. Yeah, Berlinga got a knockdown... Uh, he got four knockdowns. Nonetheless, nonetheless, like you knocked him down yeah. third, fifth, and the twelfth. Yeah, if you put him down four times, I'm like, were you really hurting this guy? Yeah. Or like, is Jason Quigley just like the toughest motherfucker of all time? Um, that's looking at his losses, Turiano Johnson and Andre. Like that's it. Oh man, mm. Berlanga. <laughs> Sad times. Not excited to see more. But we will get more, of course. Um, the interesting card of the night in Minnesota at the Armory. Uh, Erickson Lubin, we were just talking about. He gets the TKO 5 over Luis Arias. Um, I think this one was a... Luis Arias, he was questioning the referee stopping it. What I don't know. Like, what Was it really that question? Was it questionable? I can't. I don't remember it being especially noteworthy. Yeah, he looks pretty. He was looking pretty battered. And he definitely waited to get up. I mean, he got up like the last possible second. And they waved it. It's like, I mean, if you want to get up, like get up with a, you know, a couple seconds to spare. So everyone does, right? Right. Like usually there's still count. Like if you have to stop them, like right before they say ten, like they might just fucking wave it on you. Like at that point, you basically didn't beat the count. You know. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna take the hold the knee or whatever so that you get some extra rest, like you're supposed to pop up, looking like you have your wits about you at about eight, because that's when the ref is gonna do his little checks. Good for Lugan, though. I mean, yeah, getting back in the win, win column, get a stoppage win. Yeah, you know? he's gonna be fighting. That's Tim too. Was tough. It was man, that that was bad. Was very, very glad that uh, Cunningham stepped in on that one. That was rough. Uh, yeah, I think I think Zoo I think Zoo Lubin is is probably gonna happen. It just it, assuming Zoo's gonna keep working with PVC, it just seems like the fight. Because Pandora, I mean, he's he's not really in the picture anymore. Uh, he's supposed Adamus, to be coming back in. Like, no, uh, Pandora's supposed to be coming back in October, so maybe yeah, we'll see how okay. he is how he is then. Yeah, maybe if he gets you know if he gets another winner too. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Lugan get done tardier than. Because I mean, here's the thing: I definitely think Zoo would beat Lugan, like, for sure. Like, I think he would be a yeah a favorite. Like, he, he would crack that shit. There's zero doubt about that. But still, good. For, probably the best possible fight you can make with Charlo off, you know, in business. It's a good question of what's gonna, what Tim Zoo's gonna do. Like he was, he's been working with PBC to get the Charlo fight. Like that's kind of been his main goal, I mean, the undisputed championship or whatever, and now Charlo's fucked off to make Buku Bucks, and now his, now Tim Zhu's money fight is gone, so what's he gonna do? Does he, does he want to keep, is this like a situation of maybe he feels that he got jerked around a little bit? Uh, yeah, that is possible that he'll feel a little, you know, hard done by? A little jaded or something, yeah, like a little, 
you know. I, I don't know. I'm just like, where would he go though? Like, you're just gonna go back to Australia? Like, that doesn't seem like a very logical plan. Are you gonna go to like top rank? Like, yeah. definitely take a pick. Xander Zayas. Like, yeah, yeah, like PBC still has like the whole division, basically. Yeah, they do. Like, they either have them on their roster, or, like they've them. They're the main ones they work with. Like that, because I was just thinking, like, where where the fuck is Brian Castagna? Did he just disappear? Did Charlo just like did he just not ever leave Texas that night? Like, what happened? Good question. Has he fought since he lost to Charlo? Pretty uh, sure he hasn't. I don't think so. Cause, well, he's um, been inactive, so he's not on box rec at the moment. Let's see. Jamel. Oh, Castaño has not fought since he he's lost. Better just taking a fucking sabbatical. Like, that guy is just not boxing. He's not worried about boxing. Nope. Like, he needs to come back. Like, if because without Charlo, like, you know, 154 definitely needs some... It's open. Dudes, you know. Yeah. Like, without Castaño, that'd be a great fight. Uh, Mendoza making a little name for himself. Yeah, definitely, definitely some options for, for and Tim's uh, Jesus Tim's Ramos needs some guys, <laughs> too. Uh, right. I think PBC has been like pretty good with him for matchmaking. Like they haven't just tried to like kill him. Like, they gave him completely winnable fights. Yeah, you know? and they're decent too. Like Gache, totally, totally winnable. Has some name value, but not really a risk. You know, Tony Harrison, name value, not really a risk. So I think they, you know, they've been pretty, you know, cordial with how they've handled the situation. Yeah, and a lot of hometown stuff too. Which good yeah, for him. They put Harrison. Yeah, they sent Harrison's poor ass down to Australia. And Ocampo as well. I was Ocampo in Australia. Yeah, Ocampo was in. Uh, uh, oh shit! Where was it? I think it was Sydney. Um, let's see here. Uh, in the same card, Fernando Martinez, super flyweight, the IBF title. He's coming off back-to-back wins over Jerwin uh, Ancajas. He gets a stoppage in 11. Of the bit that I did see of this, I recall Martinez looking a bit flat in the beginning. Before he started, I don't know, he caught his second wind or whatever. And he ended up getting the win over uh, Jade Bornea. Hmm. Superfly's a bit damp at the moment. Not quite as hot as Flyweight is. I didn't, I didn't watch that one. Mm. Uh, Carlos Adamas, TKO9 over Julian Williams. Another one where the... Was the was it questionable? Was the stoppage questionable? I'm not entirely certain. Like, Luis Arias? I mean, yes. Like, that was a bit more, like... That was a better call, but this... But Julian Williams, was that... Was that the right one? Was that the right time to stop it? I mean, you're also considering it's J-Rock, who, like, has been brutally knocked out before. <laughs> Yeah. You kind of have to think, yeah, this guy's probably, like, if you just look at the probability of, like, what's about to happen in the next, like, minute or the next round or whatever, you know, time spent, like, is he going to come back or is he going to be left, like, unconscious on the floor? And I feel like it's not a very close, like, in terms of what's more probable. So I think, you know, just out of decency and considering, you know, he's towards the end of his career for sure. He's in his mid-30s taking a lot of losses recently. I think the humane thing is to stop it before it gets bad. I think the, the the fight was decided. Yeah, uh, it was. Adamus won the fight. We we saw who the you know 
who the better one was on the night. Like, yeah. there's there's nothing else to see. Yeah, that's true. Um, definitely was on his way out the door, even if that exact moment he was he was kind of fighting back a little bit. But he was already getting brutalized in the rounds before, and yeah, he was on his way out the door. Ugh. I think Adamus would be better suited if he would move up, because there's not a whole lot going on at 160. Yeah, it's like, I guess he can either be like a peasant, you know, in like a division where he's like, well, it's like just kind of the debate. It's like, who's he going to get? Like, he might not ever fight anybody. He might just be a total nobody. Or it's like he could be like at least temporary king of like a shit, you know, a shit kingdom, basically. <laughs> Like with no, you know, no real contenders. Because like I don't really know anybody at middleweight that I would choose to beat him. Because I'm not really considering Jamal. Considering he's probably not going to fight again anytime soon. Yeah. Like besides Jamal, who is it? Like 40 year old Lara. Adamus would body bag Lara. Liam like Smith. Like that Kazakh dude. Yeah. Like I think Adamus would beat all these guys. Uh, not that he's like super great, but yeah, Jonabek. Like I think he'd beat Jonabek or however you're supposed to say it. I feel like that hype completely died. Like you don't see anybody talk about Jonabek. Nope. That was just over and done with. Yeah, it's a really shitty division right now, so I guess it'd be the big fish in a little pond. But, mm. like, the money's up at 168. Like, you no. Know, yeah. It used to, it was like you would pull people up to middleweight, but now it's like, man, super middleweight seems more comfortable, so it's got a super middleweight, you know? Yeah, middleweight's just poverty land. Anything more? So we literally. We... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say we sh if you were ready to move on. I was gonna say like, there's like, has there been anything significant to happen in the middleweight division since Canelo left? Like, has anything memorable happened in middleweight? Uh, Liam Smith knocking out Chris Eubank. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's probably. That's, I mean, that's surely the most like memorable result. I mean, I, I, I'm struggling to even think of fights. Yeah. Like to be honest, like fuck whether or not they're important. I can't even remember fights that have happened in middleweight. Like it just feels like that's such a division nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah, exactly. Like the Smith Eubank situation, not like that's not necessarily significant for us on yeah. this on this yeah. side of the pond. So, ugh. like if that's the best we could pull up, there's not a whole lot going on here. Um, all right, two quick two quick notes. Um, on the 28th, there was a Pro Box card. Um, it, this one was fun. I remember there being some good scraps on it. And on the next day, Thursday the 29th, um, in, at Sony Hall in New York, Kurt Scooby stops Hank Lundy in two. So Scooby has been on uh, some Showbox cards and a lot some other like low-level cards, but... It's a name worth keeping an eye on, so I'm gonna keep bringing him up as long as he's, you know, doing stuff. All right, on the first, oh Jesus, uh, Savannah Marshall, majority decision over a Franchon Cruz de Zoom. This was the super middleweight undisputed title. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing. Uh, I'm glad I didn't see the whole thing. Holy Christ, that fight was fucking abysmal. And uh, from everybody that was watching that from the beginning said that it was uh, that the the scores that went for Marshall like were shitty. Terrible, terrible home cooking scores. 
So yeah, uh, <laughs> apparently Savannah Marshall's like jockeying to get Clarissa Shields again for whatever reason. Like I'm not I'm not entirely sure why why she would want to relitigate that. It's probably not going to do better the second time around. Just my. I mean, to be fair though, like that's probably good for both of them because like who who like who else even is the, in the division? There's nobody else. So that'd probably be positive for both of them, really. It's as good as they're, I mean, they're going to get. I'm sure that rematch will happen, actually. Like, I'm 100% sure that'll happen. Just because, like, there's literally no other path to take. Yeah. I think... I don't um, know if it'll be in the UK again. It probably will be, but... They'll I think, definitely do it again one way or the other. I think Layla Ali retired early for kind of the same reasons. Like, there's nothing else for me to yeah. do. So... Time, just time At certain points, home. like there's literally, it's not like there's nobody's and like guys, people don't, because like at lightweight, you know, for example, you have like thousands of fighters right. on box rec who are registered, have a record, you know, and so there might be guys who are nobodies, like in terms of nobody really knows who they are, they haven't fought anybody, but at least they're there. Like, dude, women's midway, there's literally just not people, you know what I mean? Like, there's nobody to even call at a certain point after you beat like you know this pool that that already exists, and most of them are like in their thirties. You know, it's yeah. just such a, it's just, I don't know. There's no talent. There's no talent. So in barren. Yeah, yeah, there's nobody there. It's unfortunate, but that's the, that's the lot they have for now. But hopefully they are raising up or inspiring the next generation of female fighters to lace up in boxing and not MMA. But uh, in Ohio, at the Huntington Center in Toledo... Jared Anderson, he gets the UD over the god Charles Martin. Um, trying to remember how I was seeing a lot of people saying that like if Charles Martin can touch Jared Anderson the way he did, that he's not gonna uh, amount to much. As he goes up the ranks more. I don't know. That kind of already seemed to be. The the undertones. Of him fighting. But I don't know. I don't know. Do you think. What, what, it, is that hyperbolic? Or does Jared Anderson I mean, still have a future? It was definitely a shit performance. Like, I don't think there's really any doubt about that. Um, but I mean. He's very green. I think, you know, I mean, it's a little bit of copium. I like Jared. Um, but, yeah, this was definitely a little bit of a reality check on where he is right now. Yeah. You know, I think there was definitely some faith that he was farther along than he was and that he might be able to step up sooner than expectation. But, no, he definitely still needs some time. Like, at least another year or two to, to you know. I'm not saying he should go back to fighting total shitters. I think that's part of the problem. Like, if he fights guys, he can just bomb out in two rounds. Like, that's not going to teach you a whole lot. Yeah. You know, so this fight was useful as far as that. He got rounds in. His gas tank looked a little suspect, but at least he had to use it for once. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, how they match him, what, what the plan is going forward. I don't think it's time to sell, like, just sell all your stocks, but it's definitely time to pump the brakes a little bit because, I mean, I definitely think if, you know, there was no reason he shouldn't have, you know, bombed out Martin pretty early if he's, if he's really the goods, you know. Right, if he's if he was actually what they say he is, then yes, that should have been done a lot sooner. But hmm, ah, typically I'm one to try to 
temper expectations early because I mean a lot of people they when they when they're sold on a name they dive headfirst you know and yeah then it's a rude awakening when their guy gets he has like a shitty night and lo or not loses necessarily but has like a really close decision and then suddenly everyone's saying well I knew he was shit the whole time but yeah We'll, uh, we'll see how Anderson plays out. I'm I'm still hopeful for him. I'm still excited. Just I'm hopeful and optimistic. And I, I just said the same thing twice, but whatever. Speaking, I think still, I think there's some logical like, fights for him. Like I'd like to see him in a, I think a Jogba. That would still be interesting. I think they were yeah, mentioned in Jalalov. Yeah, maybe. I feel like Jalalov means. That. I feel like that's a little bit off though, just because. When he's fought in front of like American audiences like once or twice on Showbox. Yeah. And so I think Top Rank will need like they'll probably take at least like a year to introduce this guy. I haven't fought like three times, you know. But okay. I think that's definitely an eventual plan for sure. For sure. Hergovic. I would also I mean Jermaine Franklin, I think that'd be a great, great test. So like Jermaine that's durable, has a good gas tank. How about Tony Yoka? <laughs> Bro, I, my opinion, I still think Anderson sleeps joking about 45 seconds. My, my opinion ain't changed on that whatsoever. I think I might be on, might be uh, putting my money on that as well after what we've been seeing out of him. Bacoli? Bacoli would be interesting. I'm not sure if Bacoli's really up to much, so they can maybe get him. That's a little, that's a little riskier, though. Yeah. I think than someone like Jermaine or you know, Jogba. I think Bacoli's a little riskier. To be honest, because he's such a, like, such a physical fighter. Motherfucking Gusamano. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would like it for the memes, but I think that's like a lower level than what he needs to be at. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's definitely below the level that Anderson needs to be at to improve his ceiling. But yeah, I mean, they would definitely make Anderson like dress up like a pimp because Gusamano uh, dressed up like a mafia member. Oh, they man. would definitely. They'd have a big theater, and then he'd knock him out in like ten seconds. That would be horrible because they would do that too. That's exactly what they would do. God. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of guys who need to step up their opposition a little bit, Abdullah Mason gets another really quick stoppage. Um, not a whole lot to say because it was really quick, but I like Abdullah Mason, so I'm gonna tell you all about him every time. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he definitely looks talented. Yeah. So. He does. It's just wonder. You always have to wonder when it's on a top rank card. Like, is this their, you know, the matchmaking that they're known for, or is he actually the goods? But yeah, I'm sold. I'm I'm riding the Mason train. Okay, previews, previews, previews. There's a lot going on this weekend, actually. Um, starting with the. This one, this card isn't even fleshed out yet, so I'm not entirely certain what's going on. It's uh, Luis Neri, he's back first. Uh, Froilan Saludar, this is a uh, 122. It's gonna be in um, near Mexico City, not quite in the city. Yeah, they don't like. I don't even know what, how many rounds it's gonna be, or anything else, or who's gonna be on the undercard or anything. But he's back, so good luck finding a way to watch that. In Texas, Jojo Diaz versus Jerry Perez, 135 fight, 10 rounds, Marlon Esparza, Gabriela Alanis. That's a three-belt flyweight fight. And 
the important one, Virgil Ortiz versus Imantas Danionis. Uh, who, who was it? Somebody was asking if this is worth buying. I didn't know this was like a pay-per-view. Like, yeah, I don't know what the hell he was talking about, to be honest. Like, uh, maybe he was just talking about, like, buying the month of his Oh, own. yeah, paying for one month of it. I would say yes. Like this. Yeah, it's a really good fight. Super good fight. And this is the WBA regular gross. But, yeah, that's what Stanley Onis got. Yep. But, yeah, that's a good one. Um, that's... Stanley Onis is really scrappy. Fights on the inside a lot. But he's also like real. He's very subtle with the IQ that he shows. And it's a lot of subtle traps and like the way that he pins hands and to set up offense and also block anything coming his way. It's really cool. It's like a old throwback to JCC Senior. Not quite that level, but you know what I mean. I stay on the spot with Jason's ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that would actually be pretty rough. That'd be pretty rough and tumble. <laughs> I, I like standing on it. So there was a time where I kind of thought he was a little bit of a fraud. Like he had some close fights. Like who's that dude? Who's that Puerto Rican dude? Everybody's fought. Crawford fought him. Um, Delorme. He had yeah, a kind of close Thomas decision Delorme. with Delorme, which was a little weird. He a, yeah, he kind of fought some old guys and like maybe looked a little suspect at times, but. He's definitely improved his last couple. You know, he I thought he smoked Taya. I didn't think that he fight did. was very close at all. But that was, was a split decision. I, I did not think that was close. That was where where I, that was for me the same like turning point it was like holy shit, like this dude is a lot better than people are giving him credit for. Um, he climbed like, he was just so much faster, like more athletic. But Taya had no idea what was going on. So, so I think he has a decent chance against Virgil. I mean, probably like a I don't know, 30% chance or something if you want to go that way, like percentages, but I definitely don't think it's a blowout. I think it's, and especially the fact that Virgil hasn't fought in a while, yeah. his last fight was pretty much a cupcake. I think this fight would be, it'll be interesting for sure. And he typically gives guys that he knows, like, that know what they're doing, he gives them a bit more respect, and so, like, he's not gonna let it play out, like, on the inside the way that maybe Stan Yunus would want it to. However, like the longevity of it could also play to Stanionis' favor. Just he, the way that he took Butayev, and it was like high octane the entire time. So Stanionis can he can like do it for a long time. So I don't know if I'm not entirely sure if Ortiz giving him, you know, giving him respect, keeping him at distance, if that will always be to his advantage interesting it's gonna be a great fight i'm really excited for this, this is i just one. know if i was in standing on this corner i'd be telling him punch him in his body see if he can wake that rabdo up <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely gotta work him down oh, you better just tickle that body he's gonna say he's gonna get fucked up that's what i would tell him yeah now one that on the other side of it in uh new jersey in uh ac Jeron ennis is back versus royman bia now, Royman, been watching him for like the last like half dozen of his fights, so it's been it's kind of cool to see him get to this level. But like, man, I'm not entirely certain that this is where he needs <laughs> to be. Like, I'm sad. You're like, damn. Yeah, it's like I'm happy for you, but like, fuck, dude, like, you're about to get clowned on, man. 
I think it's it's kind of a good like you know Ennis's last fight was a little weird he had to fight Scott as an eliminator he's had a really negative style couldn't really show what you know he's known for I think this is just the complete opposite like this is a guy who just walks forward a lot of pressure likes to fight so yeah I think, I think we'll, we'll see how it ends you know, we'll see how it ends should give Ennis a chance to really demonstrate what he's capable of I do like, kind of like the fact that, which I feel bad for Rashidi, but instead of running back the Rashidi via rematch, which like nobody really gives a fuck about, let's be totally honest. Um, they were just like, listen, let's just throw, like, you know, let's just give him the next guy then. Let's give him boots, like, you know. Yeah. Cash if we were going to do boots, Rashidi, like, well, this guy beat Rashidi, so let's slot him in. So I do, I do appreciate that. Yeah, he can, he can hang out in the, like, the B tier of the welterweights that we had talked about a few a little while ago like uh Stanionis, Butaev, uh Cody Crowley, like that caliber of guy could probably hang out. I think I had Ellis in that in that uh like hypothetical as well. Hmm, but those two of those two which one do you think you're going to watch live? Or if you're gonna be split screen, uh, which are you gonna have the volume on? That's a good question. Actually. Um, probably Boots. Hmm. Just cause, I mean, I think Virgil Stanionis is like a better fight. Like I think it's a more competitive fight, like a more compelling fight. But I just, I just like Boots more than any of the any of the other fighters. So that's probably who I'll watch. And I think that one will be over quick enough that you can, you know, I think I think Virgil Stanionis is definitely gonna go twelve. In my opinion, we'll see. But. It, that one's more likely to go 12 than NSV. Yeah, sure. definitely. Hmm. I was thinking I was gonna watch Ortiz Stanionis, but you might might have a uh, the quick NSV ending. Yeah, I think I think pretty early it'll it'll get settled. If they stagger it too, that'll really help. Yeah, it probably won't be on it like the exact same time. Usually, top rank takes fuck forever. Or wait, it's not top rank. Yeah, it's a like Golden Boy Daisy. Yeah, Golden Yeah, it might be at the same time. They're kind of bastards like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see that. I was thinking it's top rank for some reason. I don't know why. I don't think top rank gives a shit about uh, competing cards. Yeah, yeah. Like, top no, rank just always takes so fucking long. Top rank always takes like to eleven o'clock central. Like no matter where the fight is, like it always uh, takes just so fucking long. That's true. Like they always, it's like they're set at starting. At a specific also, time, they kind of get fucked by the other ESPN programming. Like if there's if there's football on that night or something, they kind of get fucked by that. Yeah, if it runs late. Yeah, like so. Like that seven that overtime game. <laughs> right. Yeah, that shit happens like pretty regularly. Hmm. I think that's it uh, on the fifteenth. I don't know if there's something else. I'm probably missing something, but the only thing I got is uh, Josh Kelly. There's uh, Gabriel Corzo, another 154 fight. Uh, I think Josh Kelly's like not very good. I don't know, but he's, he's yeah. he might be like the next the the great British hope or something for the 154 guys. I think that's been pretty much said. They got smoked Bob and Easy, and I don't think anybody really. <laughs> hmm. People sold their stocks on him pretty quick. Connor Ben moves up, I guess. Yeah, I think Ben would smoke Kelly, to be fair. Yeah, probably would. Um, 
I think, I don't know, is there other, has other news come out? Like I saw something about um, Jermall, is is he the one that's going through a divorce right now? I think so, something like that. That was like part of the reason he couldn't take the fight. No, that's really shitty. Yeah, something, which there's not a lot of details, I don't really know. But yeah, it definitely seems to be what's going on. That's unfortunate. Um, other than that, um, Lomachenko lost to Haney. Don't forget it. He also lost to Salido on Teofimo Lopez. <laughs> uh, other than clowning on the dunking on Lomachenko stands, I don't think we got anything else going on. Yeah, about does it. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. Got the plugs taken care of in the outro. I do have, I do have a redirect. So like the the outro says LVX Entertainment, but it redirects to media. Either way works. Fucking leave a message and tell me what a retard I am. That would be great. Any any parting words? Uh, no. That's just tough. All right. Well, then that is. Yep. That's going to do it. Enjoy the fights. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. If you listen to this all the way through, uh, first off, sorry about the delay. Uh, thank you very, very, very much for listening. Wanted to add two things. Um, the URL, you'll notice that if you go to LVX Entertainment, it'll redirect you to LVX Media. Both URLs will work. They're going to continue to work. And the other thing. Uh, a lot of you are a bunch of fucking pansies, so instead of calling and leaving a message, you can text. It only works on WhatsApp because it's a business number. So the number again, 833-589-7637, 833-LUXPODS, right? So you can text me and tell me how stupid I am, and that'll be fun. All right, talk to you next time. <laughs>